healing your metabolism and optimizing your metabolism is creating safety in your body. That's how you can sum it up. It's creating safety so you don't have to rely on stress hormones in order to survive. So everything we talk about, food, exercise, relationships, just everything, it's all about telling your body you are safe, you are nourished, and only then can you actually thrive. Because if you think about it, every single imbalance or disease, you could actually describe as the first thing going wrong, your body not feeling safe. listening to The Naturally Noel Show, brought to you by Noel's Naturals, all natural products that really work. And now, please welcome entrepreneur, wife, homeschooling mom of four, and founder of the Noel's Naturals brand of products, your host, Noel Talley. Hello, friends. Welcome to the show today to what is the final episode of season one. It has been such a pleasure and a joy to get to share this experience with you all. And we've had such amazing feedback. And I'm just really pleased that you're all loving the information because I'm really loving doing this with you guys. So um, definitely please share with your friends and then let us know what you'd like to see coming up on season two. We're going to be taking a little break here um, as my family and I move out to the country and get started on our homestead. Um, So hopefully in season two, we will get some podcast episodes on uh, really how it's going on the homestead and learn more about that whole experience. So I'm excited for you guys to see how that's going. Our guest today is Corey Malloy. Corey is the founder of Rewild Culture and co-host of the podcast Freely Rooted. She is passionate about reclaiming life outside of cultural norms, restoring health holistically, and rediscovering the God-given design for motherhood and wellness. After being diagnosed with endometriosis, reversing and healing that disease through the help of a holistic practitioner, she found herself needing to know the answer to how her body regressed into disease in the first place. She began learning about the metabolism, the sum of every cellular process in the body. She learned that her unhealthy metabolism was taking her down a path to imbalance and dysfunction, and that by nourishing and supporting your metabolism, you're actually supporting every process of the body. After coaching women one-on-one for four years, she finally reached a place where the demand for this message was greater than what she could provide one-on-one as a coach, so she created a self-paced course to help women learn what our bodies actually need, how to kick diet culture to the curb, reclaim the metabolism of our youth, and take charge of our health and vitality. I'm so excited for you to get to meet Corey today. Let's go. So welcome today, Corey. I'm so excited to have you with us today. I'm so excited to be here. I've loved watching everything that you've been doing over the past few years. I know that you and I both were living in Florida for a period of time when I met you. And then um, ever since I moved away, it's been been really cool to watch your business flourish and see what all you've become um, like publicly, you know, passionate about and everything that you're doing in, um, in women's lives. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's so exciting to not just be, you know, selling products that are non-toxic and that are healthy for people, but really just like helping people understand just like the whole picture of what it means to live a non-toxic life and just your entire lifestyle. Cause it's so much more than just, you know, the products you use, but it really is a whole lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, once you start diving in, you really can't like go back once you under, like you uncover that rock of like, Oh my gosh, like we live in such a, an overly burdened, toxic world, then you can kind of peel back layers from there. And, um, I feel like you've simplified it in a really, in a really digestible way for people to get started. 
Yeah. So I feel like you have simplified it with, you know, so talk to me about what you do and what your course is and, and what you kind of are, are setting out to teach people through, through your digital um, content that you've created. Yeah, absolutely. I, so to back up and basically just give, you know, a background of what all I've uh, been passionate about over the years, I was always, when I graduated college was dieting, uh, was on a restrictive diet of some sort. And then when they're, they come off of the diet, cause it's not sustainable, they gain all the weight back and then they're miserable. And it's just a matter of time before they go on a diet again. And so I, um, discovered this guy, Dr. Lane Norton back when I was in college. And he is really interested in the science of the metabolic rate and just like what all impacts that. And so again, I was just kind of viewing it in terms of like not over-exercising, not under-eating, keeping your metabolism healthy, keeping your metabolic rate high, and in turn, getting your body to a place where it is at able to sustain its healthiest weight. It's able to feel good because the first things that you lose, you know, when you go on a diet are things like your libido, your stable moods, things like that. And so that was kind of my framework of metabolic health. And I wasn't that, even though I was raised in a pretty holistic home, I think everyone can kind of relate to you go off to college or like move away from home. And if you don't actually believe passionately in that framework of holistic health, like maybe you'll just have to come back in your own ways. And that's definitely what happened with me. It wasn't like a priority in my life to like, you know, learn about holistic health until I found that my own body was regressing into dis, you know, dis-ease or disease. Um, and that was endometriosis. And it was after I was on birth control in my first year of marriage, because I just thought that's what you do when you get married, you get on birth control. And I, that was just kind of what all my friends were doing. And so I didn't know there was another way. And interestingly enough, I remember my parents actually encouraging me to get on birth control because the big fear back then is like, oh, well, you don't want to get pregnant as if that's the only thing that could ever stop you from, you know, getting pregnant. And I just I, I didn't know about the world of natural family planning and and all of that. But my whole lifestyle back then, you know, when I was on birth control in my first year of marriage was so stressed. It was I was really driving my body to the bone. I was working a very masculine job. So I was a strength and conditioning coach for professional athletes. And I was the only girl in the entire field. And I was working with all men. And I just really feel like I had to suppress, 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 suppress any feminine part of me for a lot of reasons. Number one, I didn't, I like, there's that situation. I don't know if anyone listening has ever worked in a male dominant job, but it's like, if you even remotely express any kind of like girliness or femininity, um, you feel like you are putting yourself into an inappropriate uh, position because you're working with men. So you kind of feel like you have to be a boy and like be one of the boys. And I feel like that impacted my health actually so much because number one, I was just pretending my cycle didn't exist. I was not getting a lot of sleep at night. I was waking up early and going to work, you know, getting there, you know, 5 a.m., coming back at 9 p.m. at night. Um, my body, what my, my life was work, really, really, really um, hard manual labor. It, you know, the combination of that with birth control, with my lifestyle of just like, you know, coping with alcohol on the weekends and eating a lot of seed oils and processed food and going out to eat a lot and just go, 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 go. My body crashed and burned. And for me, that was endometriosis and it was horrific. And I dealt with that for a year before I actually came to terms with like, I need to figure out what's going on instead of just ignoring my body for so long and just suppressing every single symptom that is in the book, just with medication and painkillers. Just like I wanted to pretend 
anything related to the female body did not exist. And a year later, I got an endometriosis diagnosis. And that was like the most, the biggest turning point in my life, I, I would say. And I got connected with a holistic practitioner. He opened me up to the world of like, whoa, this is what your body's communicating right now. These are just symptoms. Diagnoses don't have to be scary. They don't have to be lifetime you know, death sentences, you can heal. Your body was created to heal. He's a man of faith. And so that was really cool to hear that perspective as well Is like, hey, God actually created the body to be able to heal. We just need to get out of our own way and also not create an identity piece around what we are suffering with. Because I think that is very prominent in the church as well as like, it's the thorn in my side and I just have this and I just suffer. And this is what I've been called to do. And I just don't necessarily align with that anymore, especially after seeing so many women, thousands of women now put their diseases into remission because they believed that they could heal because they believed that God already gave them that opportunity. And so my holistic journey in reversing my endometriosis basically opened my eyes up to everything else. So how food impacts our body, how our lifestyle, the water we drink, what we're exposed to chemically with toxin, just the, the whole shebang and how all of that impacts your metabolism. And so it was kind of the last puzzle piece in my whole journey of like studying the metabolism was discovering this world of people who are actually studying like the very specific physiology of it and putting all that together. I was working with clients one-on-one uh, -on -one for a few years, but then my capacity just became, well, I'd say my capacity stayed the same, but it was just that the need for it was exploding. And once women understood that this was something that they could heal and work to optimize and, and understand like how much their metabolism affects everything in their life. Um, yeah, the, the need to hear the message was too large. And so I put it all into an online course. My online course came out December of 2020, I believe. And then after that, quickly after that, um, I started a podcast with my friend Fallon, who created a uh, metabolic meal plan at the same time. We launched that at the same time, started a podcast and basically you know, we have our products, but our podcast was a way for us to reach especially moms and bring this message to them and simplify it of basically letting them know that like so many things that are miserable about motherhood don't have to be miserable. And how can we get to a place where we are nourishing our bodies from the inside out, not just with food, but with everything so we can step into our most thriving bodies and be able to really accept this role that God has given us to be able to nourish not our not only ourselves but our our children our husbands spiritually mentally physically um and it's just been the most rewarding experience so that's a little bit about what i do and if you haven't had a chance yet to listen to Corey and fallon's podcast it's called freely rooted and you can listen to it anywhere you listen to podcasts and it is such a fantastic resource go back to season one episode one and binge through the entire thing there's just so much information you have so many guests that are just wildly you know, intelligent and and just well-versed in all these areas. And I mean, for people who are just at the surface, who just want to kind of get started in this, it's great. And then also for people like me who really just love the research and really want to know why and just like geek out over the science, that's there too, which I really love that you guys go so in depth on your podcast. It's fantastic. Yeah. We've really enjoyed putting things in a chronological order because the most frequent question that I get is where do I start? And so we were like, oh my gosh, we are going to create a podcast where you go through from the beginning, like you said, in chronological order. And it's just like dipping your toes in in the beginning. And then we get more advanced as you go along. But 
yeah, the guests that we bring on just blow my mind. I learn from them as we interview them. <laughs> like they're teaching me basically like a little mini class as we sit there and record these interviews that we get to put out to the public for free. And it's been a really great way to tell everyone like, hey, this is for everyone. It's not, I think there's just become this a little bit of a distaste towards like holistic and functional medicine in a way because it's it's for many people out of pocket and for many people it is just out of their realm as far as what they can pay for i mean we're talking like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars very often to work one-on-one -on -one with like a functional medicine or holistic or you know whatever kind of practitioner and so um we really our message was really just to like hey instead of outsourcing so much to other people to tell us how to live our lives and like you know, handing them that power, like why not learn yourself how to set the best lifestyle for yourself to thrive instead of just like sitting there and waiting for that black and white list of rules for you to follow. And it's not about that. I, I think stewardship is about really stepping into that role and like really learning how your body best thrives, Le really learning about your body's physiology so you can be your own best expert and quote practitioner and then outsourcing when necessary. But Often people are outsourcing everything. And I know that I was in the past, I was outsourcing everything, every single question and answer, whether it was a practitioner or somebody on Instagram. And it's just time that we step into that role as our own expert over our body and really seeking out the answers ourselves. I love that. So I want to step back just a little bit and really like get down to basics because some people may not know the answer to this question. So first of all, tell me like, what is the metabolism? How does it work? Where is it? <laughs> Yeah. So the easiest way that I explain this is just putting into perspective how we all um, had an idea of what the metabolism was growing up. And it was just my understanding was if, you know, she's able to eat whatever she wants and not gain weight because her metabolism is high and like this person can't eat that much because their metabolism is low. And I just understood it from, you know, the perspective of taking food, converting it into energy, which is true. It's totally true. Um, but what we don't realize is our body's ability to do that is impacting every single process of our, of our bodies, not just our ability to, you know, gain or lose weight. And also on top of that, like you can have a very, very sluggish metabolism and be very, very, very tiny. And I know that was actually my story and the story of many of my core students, because what happens, and I can kind of paint you a diagram here. If you guys can imagine like a, like a seesaw on one side of the seesaw is going to be your stress hormones. And then on the other side of the seesaw is going to be your thyroid. And your thyroid actually conducts your metabolism. So your thyroid is in charge of like how fast or slow your metabolism is. I'm speaking in very simplified terms, but just so you guys can understand. So that seesaw is working um, in a way where if your thyroid is functioning optimally, your stress hormones are kept at bay and they don't have to take over to run your life. But if your thyroid is actually not functioning optimally, your stress hormones have to elevate in order to keep you alive. And stress hormones are, they are actually designed to keep you alive. Of course, they're there for our survival. They're amazing, but we were never designed to run on them um, chronically. That is not how our bodies were, were designed. And so we talk about it on, our, on this on our podcast, but if you think about it like a generator, where your stress hormones are the generator and your thyroid is like your house, you have to be nourishing your house. And so everything we teach about with the metabolism and keeping your metabolism healthy is how to nourish your body to keep your thyroid um, functioning optimally so you don't have to rely on your generator and get so, so, so burned out. And to be completely honest with you, the grand majority of women and men 
are functioning off of the generator and they don't know it because it might feel good. Um, it actually feels really amazing to run on stress hormones. If you think about it, adrenaline gives you a heightened sense of um, sight, hearing, taste, all of the things that your body goes into in a, in a fight or flight state, you get into this heightened state of arousal. So you actually could have more energy whenever you are running on stress hormones. It's just more of like a tired, but wired feeling. And so essentially the weight gain part, if you are functioning off of and living off of stress hormones, like I was, those are actually really catabolic to the body, meaning they eat through everything in your body. If you're not storing, you know, energy in your liver, for example, it will take your own glands and eat them up and convert it into energy for your body. So that's how I was living for a very, very, very long term. That's why it can be really, it can almost be painful, like a painful process to get off of those stress hormones and start relying on the whole house, the thyroid to get your metabolism to a better place because you kind of will crash for a little while. You know, if you, you come down that from that stress hormone crash and you have to learn how to actually function again and what very often happens when that happens is people find themselves again. So if you're listening, and you've already gone through this, you understand this phenomenon of when you're running on stress hormones, you don't really have time to sit with your thoughts. You don't have time to think about why you're triggered. You don't have time to think about why you do the things that you do. And when you come off of that stress hormone ride, you're like, oh my gosh, my lifestyle, I have set it up to be so stressful. Why, how am I even surviving? And so there is this really interesting and healing piece once you start to heal your metabolism and come off of stress hormones where you discover yourself as a human for the first time maybe in your life and start to have grace for yourself and start to restructure your lifestyle to make it more attainable to not put yourself in that state of high stress again. And so it's a really beautiful whole body experience. And that's why it's, I think, just been so fruitful and rewarding for me to witness for these women in my you know, course community is seeing them healing trauma for the first times in their life because they didn't even know it existed until they were able to get to a safer place within their body. So to sum all of that up, healing your metabolism and optimizing your metabolism is creating safety in your body. That's how you can sum it up. It's creating safety so you don't have to rely on stress hormones in order to survive. So everything we talk about, food, exercise, relationships, just everything, it's all about telling your body you are safe, you are nourished, and only then can you actually thrive. Because if you think about it, every single imbalance or disease, you could actually describe as the first thing going wrong your body not feeling safe this is why like you know women who really really stress about getting pregnant for example have a very hard time getting pregnant because your mind is that powerful you can create you know this feeling of unsafety in your own body because you're stressed and you immediately your sex hormones will immediately decrease when that happens so yeah it's just this really cool whole picture of the mind and the body and the spirit and how it's all connected and that's essentially metabolic health in simplified terms but hopefully that made sense yeah, I mean, there's so much there that I want to speak to. Like, first of all, and this I've learned from you and just from others in this community that I follow is that, you know, I always thought that stress was just like a mental state, you know, just this feeling that you have that you just have to get through. I had no idea that this was actually a physiological thing and they were actually hormones that are causing, you know, anxiety and depression and all these mental health issues are actually linked to you know, our, our body, our terrain, what we're putting in, like what toxins are in our environment. Like, I, I mean, I've been in this natural journey for, you know, 
10, 12 years. And that was new to me in the last year. And it's funny what you were just saying about like emotionally finding that you, you know, no longer have the same brain patterns that you used to have. I, I never knew that that was a thing and I've experienced it. And it's so funny hearing you say that I'm like smiling because I'm like, oh my gosh, I've totally experienced that in the last six months to a year that I've been going through this process. You know, things that, you know, you talk a lot about like, like hairline trigger, you know, like, like flying off the handle, you know, just having a temper. Like, I just thought that was a bad behavior, you know, and, mm -hmm. and not to make excuses for bad behavior, because sometimes people just aren't acting right. You need to act right. But it sure doesn't make it easy when your hormones are all out of whack and when you're living on these stress hormones. So for the first time in my life, there were thought patterns that I finally was able to conquer and finally able to like, just be at peace and, you know, not thrive off of, dramatic situations or conversations that maybe I, I used to to flock to and really just like it's like my entire brain is being reshaped and you know that along with just like meditation on God's word and being in prayer and just asking him to like continue that work spiritually it's all connected it's so beautiful well because he designed it and so you see how like that this is why you know cliches that we hear in maybe like the Christian community are just ultimately not helpful as far as a big picture when you hear them, you, when you hear somebody say, well, just pray harder or well, just like, you know, memorize this Bible verse and just say it over and over again. And while like, absolutely, that is powerful, 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 powerful. We also have to take into account um, the body and how much our body impacts our ability to even, to even be able to concentrate on that verse, be able to even take that verse and apply it to our lives. Like we have to be in a state physiologically to be able to make that integration happen. And Dr. Ray Pete, he's the man who has really spearheaded a lot of this metabolic health information. I consider him a mentor, I've never met him, but this is just like a man who largely inspired the nutrition portion of my, of my course, um, and especially in relation to hormones. He actually often describes people who have heard our whole lives about people in, in the news, and criminals and psychopaths, and just like the people that you grew up thinking are the scum of the earth. And he would say, every Everyone that has been labeled as someone with bad behavior, it's just a result of a sluggish metabolism. That sounds like it's oversimplifying it, but it I think he has a point in the fact that like, if I am having an undernourished day, I am a different person that day. And it is fascinating to me to see so many people come off of antidepressants, anti-anxiety medicine, be able to step into finding themselves for the first time because they didn't realize that the reason they were dealing with so many mood quote disorders is because of the state of their their bodies. I'm thinking about how this relates to my kids. You know, on days when your kids eat a whole bunch of candy, it's not just that the candy made them hyper. It's that they weren't nourished. They they gorged out on on empty calories that weren't nourishing to their body. And of course, they're going to have meltdowns as a result of that. Exactly. I want to talk about so if stress is a chemical in the body, it needs to get out. How do we get rid of it? Not just from like, you know, there's lifestyle things we can do, you know, reducing, you know, how much time you're you're working and, and having a good work-life balance and making sure, you know, you're not having too many stressful conversations and things like that. But, but from a physical state, how do we get rid of those chemicals and hormones out of our body? Yeah. So essentially going back to kind of that seesaw analogy or even the house analogy with the generator in the house, you know, and we see this a lot with maybe in, in, in the functional medicine route, let's say that they tell us that we have like adrenal fatigue or something. And let's, let's really like attack the adrenals as far as getting those stress hormones down. But if we zoomed out 
and looked at the house, the big picture of like needing to nourish the thyroid and the metabolism, the stress hormones are going to take care of themselves. And so going back to the picture of creating safety in your body, a lot of that comes down to two things. Number one, balancing your blood sugar. And then number two, eating bioavailable foods. So let's talk about balancing your blood sugar first and foremost. If we are, for example, like eating protein without carbs or carbs without protein, or let's use the more common example, intermittent fasting. So waking up, you just fasted all night long, and then going hours and hours and hours without eating, maybe even throwing some black coffee on top of that or some sort of tea. Basically what you're doing when you wake up in the morning, your body needs energy. It needs energy because it doesn't run on thin air. So if you're not providing the body with that energy, there's a process called gluconeogenesis where it starts to break down your own body to create the energy to be able to sustain yourself. And in order for that to happen, you have a rise in stress hormones. It is how the body works. It's physiologically, it's impossible to be able to break down your own body, which by the way, you wouldn't want to happen anyways. I feel like we can just say that right then and there and that'd be reason enough to go eat breakfast, but it's a twofold effect of like breaking down your own tissues. And then number two, it has to happen again through that rise in stress hormones. And so cortisol and adrenaline, they have to elevate for that to be able to happen. And that's why you can feel really wired and high energy whenever you start intermittent fasting or skipping breakfast, or this is the reason you're like, I don't need breakfast in the morning because I'm not hungry. I can just go by, you know, with my coffee because the more that you are doing this, the more that you are suppressing your metabolic rate because your stress hormones have that inverse relationship. And so when you think about it that way, to reverse that, we need to nourish the body and tell the body it's safe. You have the fuel that you need to be able to sustain yourself and let's go from here. So eating within 30 minutes of waking up is one of the most important things that we can do for our metabolism and for our thyroid based on the time in hours that our body can go before it starts using up all of the glucose that is stored in our liver to be able to sustain our energy. So you can you can study this stuff. This is basic physiology. And so it is interesting to see at the same time, you know, we'll, we'll see a study come out that is explaining the benefits of intermittent fasting when really no woman of reproductive age has ever been studied ever for intermittent fasting to show any kind of benefit at all. But we look to the science and we're like, well, here's this study that says that it's beneficial. So I'm just going to do it instead of tuning into our body's physiology and what it needs and just chasing like the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Science is going to continue to evolve over time. And my, my big thing is like, how can we simplify and get back to the basics of our cellular biology so we can just turn off the noise of like all this extra stuff that comes out over time? Like, yes, absolutely. Um, continue your research. But I think studying your basic physiology is the best way to be able to really ground yourself really, I mean, no pun intended, but really root yourself in what your body actually needs in order to thrive. So you can go through life and not be confused about nutrition. Um, and so going back to the intermittent fasting example, yeah, eating breakfast and not just like protein or a bowl of oatmeal, but protein and carbs and fats all together because they're working in this beautiful synergistic relationship to be able to nourish your body, keep stress hormones at bay for your thyroid and your metabolism to actually be able to function because there are there are specific ways to eat time-wise or like the combining of macronutrients to be able to nourish your thyroid and, and thyroid hormone conversion. And it's interesting to see this pattern of how many people have thyroid disorders today and okay, here's your medication, but like no one's actually having the conversations of, okay, well, are you actually eating in a way that helps you 
convert thyroid hormone? And like, are you actually able to do it with your lifestyle? And so if you are on medication, here's the cool thing. You can stay on thyroid medication and still work to heal your metabolism. And even if you don't have a thyroid, you're obviously on medication for life. You can still work to heal your metabolism. And it is essentially, it's actually going to use that medication more efficiently, the, the higher and the more optimal that your metabolic rate is. And so I don't want you guys to hear this and think that you've chosen a wrong route. You are where you're at in this amazing place, no matter like where you're starting from. And you can always work to optimize your metabolism in a way that is healing your body. You're always going to be working towards, towards healing, but yeah, keeping stress hormones at bay means optimizing thyroid and metabolic function. And that means getting down to the basics of like what my body needs to thrive throughout the day. And that always starts with waking up, and eating breakfast within 30 minutes. So yeah, protein and carbs, a little bit of fats together. And then being able to eat, it depends on what your liver function is at this time, but anywhere from every two to four hours in the beginning. And then ideally you would stretch it out to every three to four hours after that throughout the day to be able to, again, keep those stress hormones at bay. So I wanna talk briefly about vitamins and minerals. One of, that was one of my favorite episodes of, of last season was when you guys talked, um, who was it that you talked with about that? That was Amanda. Her Instagram handle is hormone healing RD. Yes. She's fantastic. I've learned so much from her. I, so I, I mean, everyone knows like, okay, vitamins and minerals are great. You know, you see all these products like, oh, this is so full of minerals and vitamins. And you think generally that they're helpful for your body, but I literally had no idea that each vitamin, each mineral has a very specific job and it's very specifically linked to different processes in the body that just like blew my mind. So explain to me how we go about understanding what vitamins and minerals we need in our diet, how to get a balanced, you know, array of these in our diet and, and when, or if we should supplement at all. Yeah. So there's a guy named Matt Blackburn who introduced me to Morley Robbins and Morley Robbins is known as the magnesium man or the minerals man. He's kind of just like really spearheaded a lot of this concept of mineral balance, meaning not going and like pounding this one mineral because we have to realize that there, everything is kind of on like a, everything has like an antagonist relationship with each other. And it's what a lot of people do not understand when they're blindly supplementing with like an isolated mineral. Iron is a huge topic. If you're listening and you've been supplementing with iron or have been told that you are anemic, please, please, please go through my iron and copper highlight on Instagram. I have two book recommendations for you and then a whole bunch of additional resources, but we do talk about this on our podcast a lot. But if you're anemic, the chances of you actually being low in iron is almost impossible. Iron is the most abundant mineral that we have on this earth. And if you are showing up as low in iron on a blood test, it means that iron is not actually getting there and it's instead saturating into your tissues. And so that is a result of a lack of bioavailable copper, of retinol, which is only found in animal foods. Actually, this is vitamin A. Over the years, I remember when I was studying in nutrition in college, we talked about vitamin A and it was like, yeah, 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 definitely don't eat uh, liver because of vitamin A toxicity and definitely get all of your vitamin A from plants, sweet potatoes and blah, blah, blah. And like, I was like, okay, like, let's just pound the sweet potatoes in the carrots and like everything that I can get vitamin A from. And basically what I've learned over time is the grand majority of us actually have, actually, I don't think it's majority. I think it's 33%, 32 or 33% of us can't even convert beta carotene into A in our own bodies. And then on top of that, um, if you have a sluggish thyroid, you actually have a 
very, very, very hard time making any kind of conversion. I think the conversion rate is like maybe 3%. You'll have to fact check me on that, anyone that's listening, but because I can't remember the exact number right now, but it's it's low in the first place. But on top of that, like I said, sluggish metabolism, sluggish thyroid, it's going to be even lower. And so a lot of people are walking into pregnancy, postpartum, or just living their lives critically deficient in vitamin A. And vitamin A is essential to being able to have a healthy metabolism, actually. And so it's very cyclical where like, if you have a sluggish metabolism, you can't make that conversion through beta carotene. So you just stay like that, which suppresses your metabolism even more. And so this is why the idea of looking at nature and looking at how things all work together in a whole food has been so life-changing for me. So like I, I talked about Matt Blackburn and Morley Robbins, they were the first people that like introduced me to this. And Morley has a book called Cure Your Fatigue that's really good and talks about this in depth if you guys want to deep dive on that. But let's take the food liver, for example, these people that have studied vitamin A toxicity, those studies were done on synthetic beta carotene supplements. And that freaked them out as far as vitamin A toxicity in general. And so like liver got demonized with no understanding of how our body processes that on like a physiological level. But if you look at a food like liver, grass fed beef liver, the most nutritious food that exists on our planet, it not only has basically a multivitamin all in there, so I make sure I eat liver every single day because it is nature's multivitamin, but it has the perfect compounds of everything to work together. So it not only has the vitamin A, which is so nourishing for our bodies, for our skin, it's the precursor for so many processes in our body, but it also has the bioavailable copper and then the iron on top of that. So you're able to use the iron and do with the iron what your body was designed to do because it has the A and the copper. So I'm giving that very small example that probably was a little bit too, a little bit too detailed but like it that is one small example of why when we go and get like a blood test done with these reductionist values and then think oh I'll just supplement an isolated vitamin or mineral to try to raise that value with no understanding of like how those values got there in the first place that's when we get can get ourselves into a major 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 problem and so you know, the supplement industry is a huge industry. And I think it's been really, really abused over the years because there's a lot of money in it. And so it makes perfect sense why, you know, there is a model where we go in and we get some sort of like basic conventional lab test, we get our results, and then we're like, oh, I just need to go raise this with some supplements, right? Instead of like, okay, how can I approach this with food? Like food, food is more often than not, it's going to be our answer. And so being able to see and honor and like really, really respect the whole food for what it is with how many compounds it has and that work together um, is going to be the first step in making sure that you are getting all your vitamins and your minerals. And so on top of that, really prioritizing, like I was talking about earlier with the bioavailable nutrients, prioritizing those foods that are packed with minerals and nutrients that are all working together because nature knows what it's doing. God designed it that way. So liver and oysters, raw milk, eggs, these like four right here are going to be, like I said, like the most bioavailable and the most nutrient dense foods that we can get our hands on. And then on top of that, it's important to recognize that where we are at with our soil depletion these days. And so Magnesium is like non-existent in our soil and it's non-existent in our water, but it used to exist in our water. And so 
Magnesium is one of those minerals where we actually do need to supplement because our water and our, our soil is so deficient. So magnesium bicarbonate is my favorite way to get magnesium in. But what's cool about that is you are actually getting not just magnesium, but you're getting potassium and sodium along with the magnesium when you take it in that liquid form. Mitigate stress is one that is pre-made in a bottle for you, but you can also get powder and then make it yourself for like literally pennies with soda streams. So you can like get like a soda stream from Amazon and then get a magnesium hydroxide powder. You can also find those anywhere on my Instagram in my minerals highlight, especially, you know, minerals and vitamins. This is a really actually big deep dive. And it's taken me a really long time to have the understanding that I do now. But I would say like, instead of getting overwhelmed with the topic of like, oh my gosh, like, where do I even start? Where you start is with the most nutrient dense foods. So Somehow we've gotten this idea that like kale is the most nutrient dense food around when that was like, that was the stuff that was like sitting there as like decoration. Somehow like we have it in our head is that is the most nutrient dense food when it's not. Number one, it's not even in comparison to some of the foods that I mentioned before, but number two, many of us are gonna have a very, very hard time digesting something like raw kale. And so something we can do is cook it down and then eat it as like a dark leafy cooked food. But of course you're cooking out some of the nutrients when you're doing that, but still you would have to eat like a pound of kale to get the kind of nutrients that you would get from raw milk or from liver. And so being able to prioritize first and foremost, those nutrient dense foods are the way that you can simplify it. So like I said, liver, oysters, uh, pastured organic eggs, especially the yolk. Don't be afraid of the yolk. Cholesterol is a building block for us to be able to create steroid hormones. And so there's not a reason to fear cholesterol, but don't take my word for that. Please do your own research on that. We have a episode on cholesterol on our freely rooted podcast. And then, yeah, just being able to prioritize those foods first are going to be life-changing. The first things that I did when I first started following you guys was cutting out raw cruciferous vegetables. That was a huge part of my diet. I was eating kale salads almost every day, broccoli, you know, cauliflower, everything, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just was gassy and had stomach cramps and pain all the time. And literally my whole life I've experienced this. And I've always been a huge eater of dark leafy greens, tons of them, salads all the time. And literally within weeks of cutting those out, it was just like a huge game changer for me. And I had no idea because that's supposed to be healthy. Like you said, everyone's like, oh, you know, I'm eating these salads all the time. You know, it's so great. It's so healthy. And that's one of the things that I've learned, like a salad is not a meal. (laughs) I do want to talk about protein because, you know, you mentioned all these animal proteins and organ meats and things like that. One real quick, I do want to just touch on this. Are organ meat supplements is that an okay substitution for eating organ meats? Hey, if that is what helps you get them in, I have no, like, I, I would never say that that is inferior. Um, I think getting to a place, because what's difficult is when you don't grow up on organ meats. So I did not grow up on organ meats. My husband did not grow up on organ meats. I would say that I, after <laughs> a few years of practice, there are ones that I have finally gotten to a place where I prefer, like, I know chicken organ meats, actually, I I crave. Like that actually tastes amazing to me. Whereas beef organ meats, I'm still getting to a place where I'm acclimating my, my taste buds to it, but it's difficult to unlearn that and be able to start from scratch with these taste buds as opposed to starting your baby from day one that they start eating solids, starting them with organ meats. And so I just thought it was, it's been so fascinating watching my daughter who's eight months now, if she has every single variety of food on her plate, fruits, 
you know, avocado, butternut squash. I guess all of those are technically like fruits, but if she has like a whole variety and then liver is over on the side, she is reaching for the liver first. It's her favorite food. And so when babies start with foods that are um, so nutrient and mineral dense, they will intuitively reach for that. And when their taste buds have an opportunity to be introduced to it. And like the same exact thing goes for any kind of cuisine. Cause I think people have it in their heads of like, oh, we're not meant to eat that if we don't crave it. And I'm like, well, I've never, number one, I've never craved raw broccoli or like raw kale, but like number two, all around the world, there are different cuisines that I just haven't it been introduced to yet. And like my first time trying them, they're kind of interesting. Like it takes a little while like to get used to those. And I, I don't think that the supplement form is a bad idea if that is the way that you can get it in in the beginning. Now, I will say that there is a lot of ways that you can start to incorporate organ meats in a way that is a little more palatable in the beginning. For example, um, mixing it with chocolate. So if you take liver and mix it with cacao powder and make a smoothie out of it, it's actually like pretty dang good if you do it that way. There's also a brand called Mother's Blend. It's from a girl in Australia, but she has created a blend of like beet powder and liver. And then the way that she has like curated it, it actually tastes amazing when mixed with like orange juice or a, like a fruit smoothie. Um, I love to make organ meat, meatballs and burgers with like a lot of great seasoning on it. And oh my gosh, spaghetti. That's like, I think that's like one of the best ways to get organ meats in. You can't taste it at all. There's something about the tomato flavor that brings out the organ meats in an interesting, um, and like I said, like palatable way. I think that people might turn up their nose to this, but I started after supplementing with liver for a few months, I started craving it raw. And so what I did, and this is what they do in Weston A. Price as well. They actually recommend grading raw liver to your babies whenever they first start out. So that's what I did with my, my daughter's story. But the Weston A. Price Foundation, um, they just suggest freeze your liver for two weeks for 14 days to kill off any pathogens and then cut it up into small pieces and then take them as liver shots. I have a tutorial of this in my liver highlight, but that's one option. Obviously don't take that as any kind of nutrition or medical advice. I feel like people freak out whenever you suggest anything uh, raw, but it, like honestly just do whatever makes you feel comfortable. But eating it raw is obviously extremely bioavailable. I mean, I literally was craving it, um, especially going into the three months before I got pregnant the second time. And I don't think that's an Accident. I think my body was literally prepping for uh, pregnancy. Copper that's in liver is actually known as like the fertility mineral. I think liver is one of those foods that is, I mean, I would consider it essential for, for preparing for pregnancy with my body, with my body now. Yeah. And I mean, I'll be honest, like I, the texture is, is unpalatable to me. And, you know, I've, I also did not grow up on that. So for me, I take liver supplements. It's like six capsules a day. It's a lot. To begin. <laughs> and I worked my way up after a couple of weeks, I added to two and then I, you know, I worked it up. I think the brand I use is ancestral nutrients or something like that. I can also link that in the show notes, but it's, it's, you know, grass fed, it's a really good option. And, and I know there are a lot of really great brands out there that are, you know, well-sourced. So I, I mean, it can be overwhelming, like hearing about like, oh gosh, raw liver smoothies. Like that's, that's probably a big jump for somebody just kind of getting into this, but there are other ways to kind of ease yourself into it that aren't as intense. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, that brand is great. I know that with kids, uh, my son, how I started him out on liver, speaking of supplements, is I just broke the capsules open and I sprinkled them on yogurt or his smoothie or ice cream or whatever. 
And if you mix him with raw honey or maple syrup, I mean, depending on what the other food is that's in there, he likes a combo of like bee pollen, raw honey, and then full fat yogurt with liver inside. First few times he was like, oh, this is interesting. He would eat it every single time. But now he literally will ask me for the exact number. Like he will, and it's been fascinating to watch. He will wake up and depending on the day, he'll be like, I would love, you know, yogurt with four liver capsules in it this time. Like he has like a very strong preference on like what number he uses. That could be just a kid thing at his age or, or it could be that he's intuitively knowing exactly what his nutrient needs are that day. I don't know, but he goes by taste as well. Like if he, if he's eating it and it's not strong enough in a taste, he'll like ask me again, like, is there four in here or five or whatever? So that's been a really cool ex experiment to watch with my own child. We sneak a lot of stuff in our elderberry syrup supplement because it's sweet and it's got that honey and it's got that spice and you can kind of sneak some things in there pretty easily too. That's amazing. There's a lot of context that I feel like this, this is just kind of scratching the surface. Like I said, you've got like two seasons of like tons and tons and tons of resources. So go back and listen to all that. If you, if you're kind of feeling lost and like, you know, head spinning and like, okay, I need more information. The information is there and it's free and you can get it. So go back and listen. But I do want to touch on just a couple things, you know, as we close, I want to talk about some of the obstacles to this lifestyle. There's a lot of prep to eat this way, especially for people who are like super busy and like juggling work and household duties and picking up kids and all that stuff, especially for people who maybe aren't used to taking the time to prepare their own foods and um, maybe just go for like the cheapest or quickest or most convenient option. What do you, what do you say to that person who's kind of like, okay, this is a lot. Yeah. I think that the number one thing I want to, I want you to ask yourself is just to tune into yourself. So as you tune into yourself, really be honest with yourself. When you ask the question, how is my health right now? How do I feel right now? Do I feel like what I am doing is number one sustainable? And do I feel that what I'm doing is allowing my body to thrive? Cause don't take what I say or what Noelle says and just go like jump and do something. Like I really want you to tune in and understand like, what is it that you actually need and being able to self-experiment and, and find that. And we talk about that in our podcast as well, because yes, it would be a huge shock to go from packaged foods and like easy, easy grab and go or eating out. It would be a huge shock to go from that to immediately jumping into cooking every meal at home, every snack at home, every making everything from scratch, which technically, yes, that is what I do, but it has been a slow lifestyle shift. And that's what I always recommend is, you know, people ask me to share my full days of eating all the time on Instagram. And I'm like, honestly, no, like I'm not, I'm actually not going to do that. Cause number one, it doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve you because you can't take what I do and immediately start doing it. You'll get overwhelmed. It won't be right for your body. I'm eating what I'm eating because my metabolic rate is at a certain place. Your body probably is not at that place yet. That's the caveat yet. You will get there, but I'm years into my process at this point. And so it doesn't protect like the heart of my audience. Like I really, it's very important to me to like really nurture the, the, the heart and the soul of people that are in my audience. And I think, you know, sharing a full day of eating, if they're in a place where they don't feel like they have the time to do any of that, it's easy for us to go all or nothing black and white. And it's not that way. So simple steps is where you're going to start and you will find that the more nourished that your body is, the more that you'll be able to build capacity for things. And so, and you know, people that have done that will totally resonate with those words, but essentially like, this is why so many moms are drawn to my podcast or my course, because when you're building capacity, you're like, what the heck? Like I can actually wake up before my kids now and prep 
breakfast and make this big thing. And like when you're building capacity because you are nourishing your body, you are actually feeding it and like allowing it to be able to do more, not necessarily like adding more to your plate. But what I'm saying is like structuring your life and your day to like work smarter and not harder. Even if you're listening, like, and this is your first time hearing it. I'm like, oh, definitely do not buy my course, by the way. Like, don't, don't buy my course. Don't jump into my course. I would say actually start from the very, very simple, like slow steps and then ease your way in. Cause if you jump right in my course, I promise you, you will be overwhelmed. I promise you, you won't feel like you have the capacity to do it. And I find that if you come from a time in your life where you maybe have jumped from diet to diet, maybe you tried like AIP or Whole30 or, or keto or vegan, like, and really were more interested in like, what are the rules? Like, what are the rules surrounding food so I can just do it? It's, it's actually, there's a lot of depth there because a lot of that might be rooted in childhood. Just like if you grew up in a, in a house where it was really, really important that you did the right things. You might see that in your life, even as an adult, especially in relation to food. And so I want you to break away from that. And I want you to view your body in a more holistic way and just being able to like really take what works for you and what resonates with you and what you're craving and what sounds good to you and be able to like really, really reconnect to the body. And so, yeah, just doing simple starts. Like if you follow me on Instagram, you'll, you'll see me talk about the raw carrot salad. That's like such an easy and simple thing to add to your day. You, you can prep it at the beginning of your week and then have your raw carrot salad for the week. And that takes, you know, 10 minutes to prep. So yeah, just doing simple starts, I think is the best approach to being able to ease your way into this lifestyle and being able to like reconnect to your body. Okay. So, uh, let's just kind of, you know, bring this in for a landing. So give me like, let's kind of simplify, give me the top three first things to do when you get started. And then I'm going to ask you for top three books that you would recommend and then top three pages to follow. So starting with the top three, just like basic first steps to get started. So first steps I would say would start with eating breakfast. If you're not hungry in the morning, it is because your metabolism is suppressed. You should wake up hungry in the morning and ready to eat. And so if you're not there yet, something you can start with is like a smoothie as opposed to like a, a like a big meal. But if you are ready to actually eat a meal and you're like, oh, thank goodness, someone gave me permission to like tune into my body and like start eating breakfast. I mean, two eggs, some fruit, maybe some sourdough. It does not have to be anything fancy. I think it takes about four minutes to make my breakfast in the morning. And it's usually just that. It's like sourdough with honey, a little bit of fruit, some eggs, and then um, whatever I wanna add on top of that. But as far as like a simple start, I feel like that is so essential and will set the whole pace of your day. You will find yourself actually with your hunger cues a little more heightened throughout the day because you have given your body a chance to stimulate the metabolism. So that's my first simple start. Number two would be actually the raw carrot salad. The raw carrot salad is reducing excess estrogen, reducing bad bacteria in the gut, reducing endotoxin load. And essentially when we talk about stress hormones and everything when it comes to your metabolism, estrogen is very, very suppressive to our metabolism because of the way that it interacts with stress hormones. And I won't get into the details of that right now, but I do have a post on it if you guys wanna go check it out. But a raw carrot salad is just a grated raw carrot, preferably organic, cause it's a root vegetable. So um, an organic grated raw carrot, a little bit of vinegar, whether it's white distilled or apple cider vinegar, a little bit of sea salt, and then a little bit of coconut oil. And that's it, and you eat it every single day, preferably like 
20 minutes before or 10 minutes before a meal. So I like to eat a raw carrot salad while I'm cooking dinner. That's kind of like my rhythm that I'm in. And then the third thing I would say is, I mean, this is kind of goes with the breakfast thing, but um, if you do drink coffee, waiting at least after a big meal with protein and carbs to be able to really settle into your stomach before you actually introduce any kind of caffeine because caffeine is a metabolic stimulant. So it's actually encouraging your metabolic rate to increase. And when you do that and you don't have fuel in your body, you will completely eat through your body. So, and again, that takes the stress hormones to be able to do that. And so big breakfast and then coffee, super key and important step. There was actually a girl who had battled infertility for nine years. It was just an Instagram follower, but I'll never forget this story. She had battled infertility for nine years. She had seen me share about never drinking coffee before breakfast. She started doing it one month and then got pregnant that month because her body, that was like what her body needed to feel safe. And she was working against the safety in her own body for nine whole years. I still get messages every now and then just like, remember that time that I, that I was drinking black coffee and it was literally suppressing my fertility that much. And I believe it honestly, because it's all coming down to creating safety. As far as books, there are not a lot of books that exist um, that are affordable on this topic. Ray, Dr. Ray Pete's books are, he's working on putting them online. And so um, I think you could probably find one for maybe like 150 or 200 a piece right now. The last time I checked at least, but those are like some of the more heavy, intense books about physiology. But honestly, like I recommend grabbing a textbook on physiology and just studying that if you're ready for more of like a deep dive. On the alternative to that, there is a great book by Kate Deering. It's called How to Heal Your Metabolism. She was on our podcast. If you missed the link or whatever, just go look at the podcast episode with her in it because we link it right there. And then Cure Your Fatigue by Morley Robbins is a really, really important one to understand the vitamins and minerals. So that would be books. I get asked for book recommendations all, all the time, but there just truly are not a lot available right now. And then the accounts to follow, I would say, let's see, the top three. That is hard. There, there are a lot of amazing accounts, honestly. Um, I would say follow every single account that we link in our podcast. We, we really try to bring on our idea of like who would be best for our audience. And so Real Food Gangstas, um, Hormone Healing RD, Noelle Covery, um, and then myself and Fallon, we are all consistently putting out information about metabolic health and minerals and optimizing all of that. Gosh, there was so much more I wanted to get to. And I just feel like we need like so many more episodes. But thankfully, you guys have recorded a lot of stuff on, you know, just any question you can have. And you guys are continuing to put out really great content. And honestly, like just taking it one step at a time, following, you know, a lot of these accounts and just, you know, trusting your body, trusting the process. And, you know, I think when you start seeing some wins, when you start feeling, you know, like I said, like very early on, you know, I started to feel some changes in my body and I thought, okay, well that's good. And then I made more changes and and started to feel even better. And, you know, I'm, it's still a work in process. I still have things that I want to see improve, but you know, it, it, it does take time. You know, you, you don't get to a point of, you know, disease overnight. The healing process takes, takes a little bit of time as a journey, but, but yeah, I mean, I feel like there's so many good, just kind of jumping off points here that we can really, you know, take the time to research on our own. And like you said, take your health into your own hands and start doing your own research and figuring out what works for you. Totally. Yeah. I just want to emphasize all of that. That's amazing. 
Yeah, this has been so fantastic. Thank you so much for, for your time today. I appreciate it so much. Of course. Thank you for having me on. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Naturally Noel Show, empowering you to live a more natural life one step at a time.